This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening and welcome to another edition of that Mill podcast, the live interactive um, version where hopefully you lot can have your say and you can get involved and pretty much uh, say whatever you want as long as you don't libel anyone. Um, it's been a good week or weekend. You know, Christmas feels like it's been a weekend. I don't know about that one, Stephen, but there, there we go. Um, it's been a good Christmas period. Let's start there. Uh, seven points out of a possible nine. Uh, and not bad considering where we were um, after the Bristol City game where we thought the whole world had fallen apart and, you know, bipolar Millwall were back. Um, but hey-ho, it's the joys of being a Millwall fan. Uh, welcome then to my co-host, uh, Stephen. How you doing, fella? Yeah, very well, Mickey. Happy New Year, everyone that's listening, and, and obviously to yourself. And uh, yeah, it was a good Christmas period for us. Um, I'm sure we'll go into more detail, but overall, can't really complain. No, that's it. I think to the line, what we'll do is we'll um, we'll talk about the Christmas period games. Um, obviously, Watford we've discussed, but we can we can go on there to a degree. Uh, Bristol City, and then obviously uh, yesterday's game. Um, I also want to talk about we were people more confident maybe with Bart back in goal yesterday uh, over long um, looking at the the signings what we possibly need or rumoured to be getting and also something what I want to touch on maybe towards the end unless anyone brings it out before but I'm keen to um, just get people's views on uh, on the booing of Bury Um I'm not necessarily a boo boy. Um, I don't actually see that it does any real benefit, um, especially not for a young player. I think over the years, we've probably destroyed many a player's confidence. Um, as we've seen, we've probably, Lewis and John's probably the, the prime example that, you know, when he weren't playing for us or playing for others, he seemed to put football, put, put goals uh, in for fun. Um I mean, what's what's your thoughts on those topics, fellow? Um, not really controversial on Tyler Bury, but uh, look, 
I, I've never booed any, a Millwall player. I wouldn't boo a Millwall player. I, I certainly wouldn't attack or boo a player where we're winning 3-0. I, I don't see the point in, in getting on someone's back when you're 3-0 up, especially the fact that he'd only played about 10 minutes. But, yeah. but where Tyler Bury's concerned... Oh, oh, oh here we go. Where Tyler Bury's concerned, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of supporters that that stick up for him and say, you know, he's a, he's a good young player, he's raw, he's talented, he's this, that, and the other. How many? And I tweeted this earlier. How many other top ten of the current top ten championship size does Tyler Bury get in their team? He doesn't. It's it played it may maybe, and I might be doing them a little bit of a disservice. Maybe Luton because much like us, they're smaller budget and 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 perhaps have to rely on perhaps younger players coming through but he's not he is not he's not for me he's not a championship player at the moment he's an impact player his pace will always cause problems at the end of games because tired legs but I think it's wrong to boo him it's wrong to boo him when we're winning but the fact that the the people have come out and are sort of protecting him as if he's sort of like a world beater he needs to improve he needs to improve, and um, and hopefully that will come along with with experience, uh, and then perhaps the fans will get off his back. Listen, I look, I understand where you're coming from, but I think that if young players don't get chances in full teams, especially like us, where he can do a job, but he's learning the trade. If he doesn't get starts and he doesn't get into the team and learn by the mistakes. How the fuck is he ever going to progress? I get that. I get that. But in And yes, he and yes he's got mistakes, but you know, look at look at Billy Mitchell. You know, look at Billy Mitchell a couple of years ago. He was he was making mistakes and fans were always on his case. Now look I get that. You wouldn't be without you wouldn't be without Billy in the team now. Billy would always be on your starting eleven now without a shadow of a doubt. Danny Mac, people were on Danny Mac's case a few years ago. And again, you know, He's there, he's, he's fucking, he's another one that you'd have to put in the team now. There's, there's been plenty over the time where, you know, if it wasn't for the fact of them having that chance of taking a year, he's going to make mistakes. And and listen, he makes some fucking, he, he, I think a lot of his mistakes are down to down to confidence um, and the fact that he's probably not got the greatest football head um, or the football brain compared to, some of the other players in the team. But you know what? He's gonna learn at some point, I suppose. So um But the problem is I, I do agree that the young players make mistakes. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that he shouldn't get an opportunity to come on and he's an impact player. But what positions are Rauer and the club looking to strengthen over the course of January? It's out wide, it's up front, it's attackers. If we bring in two a couple of players and the fella that we've already signed, Tyler Bury isn't gonna play. It, it, it's yeah, not going to be like, no, no, I where you're coming from. And again, those of you listening, those of you joining us, welcome. Um, and if you do want to talk, it's fairly easy. Bottom left-hand side um, of your phone. Remember, you need to be listening to this on a phone, not on your laptop. Um, if you want to be able to talk, bottom left-hand corner, there is a purple um, request to speak button, as far as I can remember. Your phones will look different to mine, but on mine, I think it is a a little request to speak button. You press that button. Let me just double check that the settings are okay. Um, press that button, and um, you will get on 
to be able to talk. Yep, it's it's there. Can you hear music, by the way, Stephen, or not? Because I put music on at the beginning, but no, you said it was star, but I haven't got it. So that's good. That's good. Um, yep. If you want to join us, get involved. Um, it's fairly straightforward, and we'll take all your opinions, all your thoughts. And if you've got something that we're not talking about, then please do come on and um, have a chat. Last time we did this because we'd sort of come off spaces when Elon had moved and we went on YouTube for a bit. Um, we've come back. We were getting messages straight to us. Whether or not that continues tonight, I don't know. Um, but we'll wait and see what it is. So, um, yeah, then, your, your thoughts on the Christmas period games then, Steve? Um, very good overall. Um, I mean, Watford was... I think Watford was a bit of a, a bonus, a uh, nice surprise, but um you know, we tend to we tend to up our game and raise our game against the the so called bigger sides in the division. Um I thought we did an absolute job on them. Um we got in their faces like we did at the den. Um so obviously slightly different game when we were three 0 up at half time at the den. So um but we we did the same thing in a in a different way though. whereas we went a bit more direct at home, we we were playing some nice football, but we we just sort of got stuck into to Watford. Um, Bristol City was the typical after the Lord Mayor's show. Uh, it was frustrating, money really. They 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 saw a band down the hatches and just frustrated us. We couldn't do anything. I, I think the problem is is that most Millwall supporters that I'd seen on Twitter or at the game or, or you know other opinions knew that we had that type of performance in us after the Watford performance. Yeah. And, and you know, we've been going long enough. We all knew that it, it was going to happen. You, you, as much as you'd like to believe that it wasn't going to, that we were going to take our chance, um, you know, being in the top six and, and, you know, with a game in hand. But, but I think if you'd have, if you'd have said, especially after, um, after the Rotherham game, that we'd have picked up seven points from those three games, if you'd have gone a point at Watford and then two home wins, you'd have been really happy. The fact yeah. that it's the fact that it went win draw win, people might put, have a little bit of a downer on the Bristol City result, but but uh, seven points in in the space of a week. Um, I think today we've dropped to sixth, but we're still in the top six. Although we, we were fourth um, after the game yesterday, look, we, we've got we've got we've said it a lot of times on this show and on the pod. We've got a good squad. We've got good players. I think we have a, a good manager at this level. Um, I think there's a lot of credit that needs to go to Rowett. He doesn't always get it right. He does frustrate the life out of me, and I'm sure plenty of others out there. But that he said to us that within his tenure, he would give us a real opportunity of making the top six. And you can't argue with the fact that he's he's doing that as it stands. No, he's done a while over the last couple of years. We I think we've increased each year on, you know, I suppose in the playing position. Of where we are, we're not so bad now. We were fourth yesterday, as you said. We are now sixth now on thirty nine points. Um, I think we're equal on Luton and. I think it is Middlesbrough. I think they. I think they went above us on goal difference. Yeah, it's Middlesbrough on goal difference by two, and then we're one one goal difference um, above Luton. But again, I mean, it's still very, very, very close. Um, I mean, there's 13 points separating 6th and 22nd, um, which is very open. You know, I mean, realistically, that's so, you know, 
teams like Blackpool only need to win three games and all of a sudden they're fucking at the top end of the table rather than the bottom end of the table. So, you know, it's very, very, or well, four games even, if I can do my maths correct before someone corrects me. But yeah, it's, um, it's a very, very open championship this season. I think, um, I think Luton, Luton picked up nine points over the Christmas period. They won all three of their games, which has obviously put them uh, up into the top six as well. I think this year especially um, is the year of the team. There's always a team that, that picks up real big form over the second half of the season that gets themselves into the top six. I think it's looking like it could be West Brom who are going to, um, whose form since the new manager's gone in has has, um, has has massively picked up. But but three or four wins, you know, or, or, or three good results in a row at the moment would, would as we've got and obviously send us into the top four if we can get another couple and try and get a little bit of a gap um because eventually eventually teams are going to have to start dropping away it can't all stay bunched up it, it's just impossible with every week teams playing each other so when when we play teams around us if we can win um that those hopefully certain teams will, will start to fall away no see well we're playing the top two this month aren't we i mean okay we're playing one in the uh in the FA Cup, and then we're playing obviously Burnley at the end of the month. Um, be interesting to see what we do with them. It'll be lovely if we can knock Sheffield United out of the cup early, um, and then obviously get three points for Burnley come down to the den. But hey ho, we're probably looking far too far ahead. We're probably getting a little bit too big with ourselves there. But anything is possible, I think, this year. If we make the right spending in the January window, um, and no doubt, Rarit will go for a player what can play, you know, left wing, right wing, fucking midfield, attacking midfield, and probably goalkeeper as well. You know, and look for a player what can play in about four or five positions as he normally does. Um, and as long as we make that signing correct, um, then I don't see why we can't make a run for the promised land. Um, for the last part of the season, I don't think anything's impossible. To be fair, no, it's not. And and I think what an interesting player that um, we were talking about this at the ground yesterday is um, Elliot Anderson of Newcastle. Yeah, um, is one um, that we wanted in the summer. How said we want to have a look at him in the Premier League, and because Newcastle have had such a good season themselves, he's not getting a look in. If if yeah. you can get someone like that in, that's going to a signing like that would really, really, I think that would push an extra sort of maybe 500,000 people into games um, just on the back of a, a really big name signing coming in. I'm not, look, I'm not saying. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 500,000 extra people? No, 500 to 1,000. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 500 to an extra 1,000 tickets sold because I'm not saying, you know, Elliot Anderson, he's not, I'm not calling him Mike Mbappe, but for us, someone, a named player who, who lots of clubs we're after who who has got a big talent if you can get mm. someone like that over the line um i think that would really you know excite the crowd you, you don't want to well, i was having this discussion i think yesterday you don't want them to just chuck money at any old winger or any old striker it has to be the right sort of person but if you get someone like that in with a little bit of pedigree i think that would really really boost us um morale in the squad and, and the fan base as well yeah, no, I think you. I think you're right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
it would definitely be an interest. I mean, I know that there's there's rumours. Um, we spoke about it in the last space about the um, the fella, the winger stroke striker stroke whatever. Even though Rotherham players come out and he's not really a striker, but the larger whose name I'm not going to attempt to um, pronounce, but the lad from Rotherham um, looks at an ideal sign. It'd be good to see the Irish lad we've already signed. What what the uh, what they're thinking about him, whether or not he is just going to um, sort of learn his trade with us rather than sticking straight into the first team. I don't know. Um, but I agree with you. I think we need a striker. Maybe definitely we need a right wing so that Floggy can play um, more naturally in the centre position because I think that's where he's probably a lot more uh, prolific and a lot more dangerous. Absolutely, and, I, and that's what that's what I was kind of, you know, earlier on with with Tyler Bury and Boggy and people like that. I think that it was it. It's not similar in the sense of you know we do have a, a a better squad, but last year when we had all the injuries and COVID, Browett was forced to pick the same players over and over again, and they performed for him, and we did go on a winning run. But at the moment, he's got he's got choices in defence. He's got choices in midfield. Um, which again, I think we might come on to. We, I mean, Callum Styles yesterday was absolutely superb, um, coming in for coming in for Sav. But out wide, he doesn't have the options. He has to keep going with the same players every week, and I think that's that's where um, that that's that's the difference uh, at the moment. I think if we can get in a couple of attacking players, ideally wingers, but as you say, Rao, it loves a loves a bit of a utility man. Um, that they, that's kind of what he does. But if we can get a couple of them, them faces in, I, I really don't see why we can't maintain this push. I'm not saying that it's definitely going to happen, but with the squad that we've got at the moment, adding adding to it and not losing anyone, um, I can't see why not. No, I I agree. Listen, if you want to come on and speak, it's easy to do. Listening on a phone, you can do this. Bottom left-hand corner, there is a request to speak button. You just touch that, it flags up on our end, and we will bring you straight in. Nice to see the uh, nice young Neil Fizzler there listening, mate. Um, hopefully he's taking notes after their uh, their space show a while ago. But yeah, nice to see everyone listening. Uh, Adrian Mill Museum. Callum Big E, hope you're well, Big E. Um, there's loads of you in there now, mate. So uh, yeah, it's all good. Um, hopefully someone might come in, but if not, it's going to be me and you speaking all night then, um, Stephen. So let's let's go on to last or yesterday's game. Um, who was your standout? How do you think um, certain player? I mean, it was a bit of a shock, really, to not have um, Savile star. But obviously, he did come on at a later point. Uh, Long was obviously out because of uh, family issues. Um, if you listen to the post-match and stuff, there was obviously he phoned Gary middle of the night the night before and saying that he's got family issues he needs to deal with. Hopefully those family issues aren't too serious and things have been sorted out. Um, so Bart was back in goal and obviously um, a few new players in who seemed to do well. Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on it earlier. I thought I've said on the show a few times, I'm a little bit of a George Savile fan club all by myself. I think he's absolutely brilliant, but it was disappointing to not see him play. But Callum Styles was was excellent. 
Um, he, he 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 played that role absolutely brilliantly. Um, George Honeyman, I thought had arguably his best game in a Millwall shirt. I thought he yeah, was absolutely. Um, he worked really hard down the right hand side and and um, was was at the heart of, of everything that we did. We did quite well going forward. Um, and and I know it wasn't just him coming in for yesterday. He's played the last few. But it's no coincidence that Sean Hutchinson's back in the side and we have three clean sheets in a row. Um, I thought he was I thought he was very, very good. Apart from obviously the um the the uh Connor Washington going in on goal and taking it around the keeper. I think I think Hutch was up for that. Sad. But I mean I I, I sit up in block ten, literally right behind the goal, and, and you everyone sort of looking at each other just in utter disbelief that he didn't even hit the target. Um Massively, it would have been unjust. I think had they have gone in and never went, but obviously we, you know, that's football. It, you know, it only takes one chance. But, but apart from that, I thought Hutchinson's been was excellent, and he has been excellent the last few. Um, it's hard really to say anybody. I don't think there was anybody out there that had a bad game. Um, just a good team performance, and everyone looks to be pulling in the in the right direction. I think Gary Rowett said at the end of the game that. It was important that today, during the game, that they found a way to to win the game without reliant Zian, um, who, whilst he didn't have a bad game, perhaps didn't really have as much of an influence um, overall. I know he was involved in two of the goals, but um, it's nice to see us winning games and not be reliant on his goals. No, absolutely gutting for Bradshaw, though. I mean, you know, three goals in theory, but obviously one of them... um, was an own goal but to be honest if that ball hadn't attained the deflection I don't think that was going anywhere near goal to be honest so um, he, you know, he, he, he seemed to slice it and it just managed to come off a, off their uh, off their player's shit and then sort of bypassed the keeper and in the goal so he made a joke he made a joke and he after the game he did an interview and he, he decided, said oh no it was only just wide and then that sort of went on to it to say to be honest with you if, um, if it didn't hit the defender it was probably in the corner flag so, uh, but look, we we des- uh, you know it's easy to say it when you're when you're a Mill fan and you're look, you're talking about Mill. But how many times have we played in games where against teams at the bottom of the league and we haven't had a goal or we can't score, or we can't or the goalkeeper has a weldy? It was just nice to have a little bit of luck for once in one of those games that that it went our way. It gave us that two nil. Um, uh, you know, I always say I don't care who scores the goals or how that how it happens, but it was nice to get a little bit of luck in a game that usually that we would we would struggle with. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I mean, you look at the Bristol game; their keeper had a few worldy saves, and also they just you know it's very frustrating that you know we just couldn't seem to put the ball behind the goal, you know, in the net. But yesterday, just we just seemed to to click and things. What but what's looking good now is that we seem to be passing the ball around very well. Yeah, I mean that that was I think that was the big thing with with Styles yesterday. His he it was quick. It, it, we it, you know when sometimes you you sort of see the defenders or or even Savile to to a certain extent sometimes slow it down a little bit, which is fine sometimes away from home. But at home you want to be quick. You want to be on the front foot. I mean I think Jake Cooper had a a, a run from centre half you know, bombing down the left hand side being involved in a bit of an attacking move. It was quick football. It was it was a little you know, it was fluid. Um, you know, I think we have to be realistic and accept that we're not you know, we are mill, we're not going to be able to play at that level every game. And I think most people accept that. 
but you have to know your moments and when you're on top of the game you have to you really really have to keep going at it and and that's what they did yesterday no no i totally agree i feel a bit under pressure today it's uh we've got we've got two kick men on two kick managers on and we've got obviously neil fisler from actual millwall listening and uh and a few others so yeah it's, it's, it feels a bit pressurized the um the, the pressure that I've got is that my dad is actually listening. He's in the uh, he's in he's in the space, so that's the pressure that I'm under. Oh, you say that's it. You see, it's all it's all a bit pressurised today. It's all it's all one of those. But hey, though, we're um we're getting there. So yeah, it's all good. Remember, if you do want to get involved, it's just press the request to speak button and uh, and jump on, mate. And uh, well, get involved. Uh, have your say. Uh, remember, you can say anything you want. Just don't libel anyone. Uh, it's fairly straightforward. We're not going to bite. So, um, yeah. Oh, dear it, mate. Time to breathe. Um, yeah, no. I, I, I just, I think it's a big achievement for us. Seven points, three clean sheets. Um, considering what's going on around us. I mean, you know, look at Wigan today. They've got a new manager in and they haven't won in three uh, why they sack their old manager, I don't know. So we could be in a worse position than, you know, where we are. But it's a it's a good swap around to where we were probably, what, three or four months ago. Well, I mean, four months ago, I think it was a game against Blackburn. Three Which months one? Ago, we, we lost the... Which one was that? Was that the one with the snow? Or was that... No, 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 the one... No, this, no, this, well, this season, I think we lost 2-1 at Blackburn. And it was just after or just before that international break, and we were sixteenth. Yeah, and you know it's very easy. Like Rao and the fans sort of say, "Yeah, we should be pushing for the top six. We should be pushing for the top six. It's really easy to say that, but you've actually got to go out and do it. And I think that kind of spell, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about the five at the back and and the problems with you know the players and the system not working. And and you know, as I said. Rowett doesn't get everything right. If he did, he probably wouldn't be Millwall manager. But yeah, that's a he, an understatement to a degree. <laughs> but if you if you've got if you've got like you know Pep Guardiola, you know that kind of level, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're those managers for a reason. You know, Rowett yeah. is a steady he's a steady Championship manager, but he's starting to get more things this season, more things right, and he's trusting the players to. To go out and whilst he might not... I still maintain, and we've had this discussion before between us and, and a couple of the other lads, I still think Gary Rowett would love to go back to a five at the back or three centre-halves and two wing-backs. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. I think he's sort of caught him on the hop, isn't he? Yeah, he, he, he would love to. He'd love to be that cautious, the, the way he is a cautious manager, but he knows he knows he's got the players at the moment that are absolutely reveling in this this four two three one and he it's not that I don't think he would change to it um to start a game. I have no issue with changing to it in game sometimes if you're away from home and you two new up and you want to protect what you've got. but as I say, he's getting most of the calls right. I, I trust him with a transfer window um I think I think um, I reckon the, the, the targets have been identified already, and um, I, I reckon we'll get we will get who he wants. Obviously, realistically, within within whatever budget's available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, look, I think statistics don't lie. 
Um, I think he's he's slowly turning in to getting the the biggest percentage I think win rate in manager definitely on the right track to get there. Um, do is he the is he the sort of manager most people want? Probably not because he, he started off being very very defensive. But you can't really take anything away from him. We are where we are. We have progressed where we are. And if you look at it from a board's point of view, then he's a he's a good manager um, because he keeps you safe in the championship. He's, he keeps you you know mid table or above. Um, what is he like? As a person, got no idea because out of a lot of the managers we had, he's he's not necessarily um, very in the public eye. There doesn't seem to be loads leaked about him. Um, we don't know is he a people's person because obviously we had all of that when um, Callum left, wasn't it? Was he? Yeah, Callum. When he left. Um, you know, was he the people's person? Was he the, you know, the sort of the hands-on, give him a cuddle sort of person? And Rarit was more the business side of it. Um, don't know. And, you know, is Adam Barrett now that person? Um, we don't know. But whatever it is, uh, he's getting results. I agree with you. I don't think he probably wanted to change from a back five because that was, that was the areas he was recruiting for. And then... Uh, injury and whatever forced his hand, but by accident, it seems to be working. I think you're spot on with what you say about Raul. I think it's a strange one because he doesn't live at home, does he? He's renting with, I think, a couple of the others. That sounded so wrong. He doesn't live at home. Yeah, bless his guns. <laughs> but he, no, but he's away from his, he is away from yeah. his family. He's away from his family. He doesn't have, I think. I get the I get the feeling with him that he's a sort of bloke at the moment with us that he goes to work, he does his work, goes home, that's it. There's no there's no you don't he's not one of these that goes out often, he's not one that, that as you say, spends time in the public eye. I think he purely sees Millwall and this is fine. I don't have a problem with this. It literally is his job. He t- he turns up, he's the manager of the football club, he has to prepare the team. He prepares the team, they play the game, they go home, and that's it. And that's that. Whereas someone like a, you know, Neil Harris, for example, because you know, Neil, I think Neil Harris, you know, he he, a different type of person, more outgoing, more someone that you probably would, might see out, you know, on a Saturday night or something out for dinner or, or whatever. Um, but it, it's purely business, as you say, it's purely business. He is paid, and he's. He's put his his he's trying to put his money where his mouth is. He said to the fans when he was appointed that within three years he would be pushing for the playoffs. All right, okay, we might be into the fourth year, but we have been pushing. It is purely this is my job, this is what I'm here to do, and this is what I'm going to try and do, and that's it. No, I agree. Uh, I, I I fully agree. But I mean, it's quite funny looking at you know social media and all that because obviously a lot of the clubs he's played for they didn't like his style of football. And to be fair, we didn't like his style of football, but because that's been changed, whatever, actually now it's quite entertaining to a degree. You you want to see um you want to see what's going on. You want to see the players, you know, the Danny Max, the the Billy Mitchells, the Savills, uh, you know, Hutchinson and all that actually, you know, coming and playing. And it, it's 
it's brought that little bit back. Um, definitely forced on him. But, yeah, I mean, it's good. I mean, I'd rather be in a position where we are, where, you know, rather than, you know, you see fans at Burnley and all that going, oh, yeah, you know, we're great. You know, our manager's fantastic. We're winning all that. Yeah, you're winning because you've got fucking so much money. You can go out and buy wherever you want. Um, you know, you come down from the Prem, you get £30 million a year for three years. You pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. We're probably getting by on, you know, probably one of your players' wages um, a year compared to, you know, compared to everyone else. Um, so, you know, I do think we're paying well above our average. Um, yes, you know, JB is doing right with the way he funds us to a degree, but we do need a large investment to have a push this time of the season, really, to find those players. I'm over the moon that we're now scouting outside in the UK and looking at Europe and, you know, looking at different leagues because that's fantastic for, you know, we've been crying out of that for years. Um, But I think that if we don't do some form of investment or find the right player in this part of the season, then I don't think we're ever going to push on and, and potentially ever reach um, those promised lands of, you know, play or forward or the premiership. I think it's, I think it's very bold to say that we probably won't ever do it again if we don't do it this year. However, I do agree if, with that though in some form. Yeah. If we don't do it this year, this will be the, it, much like England in the World Cup, this is the biggest opportunity that we're going to have to ever do it because of the nature of the league, the competitors, the competitiveness of the league and the fact that for once, for once we have a player that probably most every club in the division okay maybe Burnley aside would want in their team someone who is is a young talent um you know that that you know that's not what you said about Bure in the beginning I'm not talking about something good evening daddy Marcy do a fairly all right press Uh, press to speak if you want to come on better I can't, I can't, that, that is slander, I'm afraid. Um, and just to clarify. You're talking about Fleming, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, Fleming, he, he, he's, you know, we, how often do have we had over the last couple of years, or the last, since I can remember, a, a real, a real outstanding player that, that really is one that can set us, either set us up for the future or, or I, I, maybe take us, take, take us to the promised land. I, I think, you know, this is such a big opportunity for us. It's hard to not get caught up in it. It's hard to not get, you know, the excitement of, oh, you know, we're in the top six, you know, this could be our year. But but if you look at if you look at the squads and you look at the, you know, how even the league is and, and just how good that we've been so far, it's very difficult to not think that, you know, why, why can't we do it this year? Everything seems to be going in our favour and, and, and we've got a, a good squad to, to try and back it up. No, let's see. I mean, Peter Donovan's come on... Um... Swear and he said, How can any real Millwall fan boo Tyler Bury? No, he's not the finished product. He's 21, and for fuck's sake, he's one of our own and could go all the way. Come on, you Lions. Come on, one Tyler. Um, which, you know, is pretty much what we said a little while ago, isn't it? So, um, you know, it is what it is. Well, we've got a request from the one and only. Let's, um, let me figure out how we go. There we go. Good evening, Neil. How you doing? Happy New Year. I hope you had a good Christmas, fella. Hello, mate. How you going? There you go. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. What do you want to say, brother? What do you want me to say? 
What was what's your thoughts on the Christmas period games, mate? Um, seven points out of nine and three clean sheets. Mate, to be honest, I don't think we could have asked for a better Christmas period, could we? I think we'd have uh, we'd have probably looked at the Christmas fixtures and we'd have certainly have taken that before you started. You'd have probably hoped that we might have got something at Watford and not just ripped them a new one. Uh, you'd have probably. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yep, you'd have probably thought the two winnable games were the two home games. But that turns out to be profitably the wrong way around, wasn't it? I was a bit disappointed with the Bristol City performance. I thought we looked flat. We looked a bit leggy. Oh, we looked everything that we didn't look in the in those other two games. I don't know if Rowett's got in amongst them after that game and has given them a yeah, was giving them a bit of a rollicking. I think you're being a bit disingenuous to Rowett with some of the things you say. Uh, He's done quite a lot for this club, if you look at it, that he ran the London Marathon. God almighty, I couldn't even think about... Yeah, I'm having a stroke just thinking about 26 miles. I don't... I don't know London Marathon. It's, it's, it's all right. It's uh, it's not easy, but, yeah, you know, in someone in his prime condition, I don't think it was just, no. you know, it's as stressful as, as my prime position. Um. And yeah, he he, he done it in after time. Well, I fucking done it, but it's yeah. Well, you, I think you know. I think anyone on here could do the London Marathon if they really wanted. Yeah, but he didn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, but no, he didn't. Yeah, and yeah, he did it for a Millwall charity. He didn't do it for yeah, Brentford. But if you look at almost any manager in the football league, and and certainly at our level in the Premier League, they are slightly detached from the supporters base because that's what they're. Because because that's enough what they're employed to do. I think the rabbit comes up. You know, yeah, I, I I agree with where you're coming from now. I understand what you're saying now. I'm just thinking that over the years we've had a more open relationship with managers and uh, with the fans than possibly what we've what we've got with Rabbit. I, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think that's the way everything's gone forward. Um, yeah, that's why football is now. Mickey is yeah, well, actually, yeah, no, completely. Yeah, no, completely agree. At least shielded by, by a, yeah, by a press officer. Like when I first got involved in football and started writing about football about a million years ago, you used to just go down the training ground and see the manager, and the manager was there for you. And uh, if you wanted to go down on a Friday. You just went down on the Friday and you spoke to the manager. Now it's a little bit more controlled. All sport is controlled in that aspect. Yeah. Because it's all a PR game now. Exactly. It's all about 
it's all about the image. It's all about making sure. I mean, even now when you speak to players, you normally have a member of the press team sitting there making sure that they they don't say um, something possibly wrong and also, you know, 99% of the time now or a high percentage of the time now, most of the, the managers, definitely, but most of the players now have some form of media training as well. Yeah, they do. And to be honest, they're briefed before they go into interviews. So you'll have a member of the press yeah. office will say, praise the fans. Uh, they'll ask you about... Uh, the referee or whatever, and so, so, so they're actually prepared. Whereas when I started covering football, you grabbed the Millwall player outside the players' bar, and I can remember once or twice when everybody <laughs> fucked off, you actually got Rhino out of the players' bar. <laughs> you have to try and get some quotes for your Monday morning copy. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, well, it's changed. It's more sanitised. It, yeah, that's not for the better, actually, because you because you take a look at a newspaper and you think, oh, yeah, the interviews are just so dull. They're all so PR. And, yeah, you're right. I think that most players do get a form of media training if they're not that confident. And some of them are just closed books anyway, aren't they? I mean, obviously, I mean, I know you do a lot more on, on rugby now and now, but do you see that rugby's changed massively? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, yeah, because well, rugby's traditionally they're more they used to be more free lipped, didn't they? To a degree. Yeah, no. Yeah, but it's the same extent as football. They've gone down the football route, and cricket's the same. I yeah, but I know cricket journalists that say you can't get hold of a England player uh, outside of England without a sponsor being involved. And you can't right. phone that players anymore. Like when I first started covering Millwall, you had people like Alex Ray's number, Rhino's number. You just phone them up and Colin Cooper and people like that. You'd speak to them outside the ground, ask for their number, and they'd give it to you. So, it, yeah. so if you actually wanted them outside, you just phone them up. Yeah. But, yeah. but well, that's the way. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? And yeah. Imagine Millwall's press office now having a stroke if you had the employee for his mobile number to keep in touch and, and Tom Brand or people like that. Yeah, it, it just wouldn't happen. And but so well, that's why football. Yeah, well, that's why Gary Rowett might come across as being a little bit detached. It's because they are detached. Yeah, no, I agree. In the old days. Yeah, but in the old days, yeah. they used to have a forum once or twice a year, didn't they? Uh, yeah, well, they're still supposed to have those twice a year now, according to football rink. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I think we've got another one during the season at some point. But what's your your views on players who we're going to be looking at in, Neil? Who do you think we need to come in? And do you have um, any idea of names out there? I mean, I know in when you used to do a show with us many moons ago, that you used to always go on about that Plymouth player um, who would be ideal for us. But, I mean, who, who do you think we we need? Yeah, and yeah, well, what's your views now? Yeah, yeah. And who do you think now um, that we're now scouting outside of Europe, which is another thing we used to discuss, um, it, it, do you see that as a good thing like we do? Mick, I'll tell you what, me and you were calling for that during lockdown, weren't we? We were calling for Millwall. Absolutely. To start looking in France, Belgium, Holland, Germany, and we're starting to do it. I think it's actually superb. 
Yeah, Millwall are a club. We're on the doorstep of Europe being in London. Uh, yeah, we get a Eurostar. You can be almost anywhere in that part of Europe in three or four hours, can't you? You don't sit here anymore yeah. and fly to a whole host of places. So I think it's fantastic that this is a market that we're shopping in. But we've got to be careful with it. We can't go, yeah, we can't go gung ho into it. And the good thing is, is on Acton, I praise Alex Aldridge since he came back. Yeah, yeah, that might not be a popular opinion. I don't know the way the wind blows on here, but I think he's done his homework, especially on Zion Fleming, superbly. He's a player who's going to be worth. Yeah, it's got to be worth twenty twenty five million now, isn't it? Because yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think Alex is Alex is a stat man. He uses, you know, I suppose in the the analogy to use for for Alex is he's, he's a football he's a football manager generation. You know, the the game football manager generation because he's very stat, very um, looking at all the all the stats, everything else about it. Did he he spot um, Fleming? I don't know. Was it Bustle? Was it him? Because obviously, with an interview, what Fleming done said that Bill will come into a, into them a couple of year ago, um, and it was a lot more. We were, I think, we were looking at five or six million. His club wanted, um, but they wouldn't let him go. And then obviously, we've come back in for him. But you know, whichever figure you're looking at, whether or not it's one point seven or or two point four million euros, whatever it was, that is a fantastic bit of business because now. I can't see him really going for anything less than twenty twenty five million. Really, looking looking at what players go for now, um, you're probably looking around that number um, before we'd even entertain it. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And yeah, but that's the way forward. Yeah, but now the way is is to buy players in for one point five two million quid, and then you add your value to them, don't you? And yeah, but then you yeah, but buy sell repeat, isn't it? basically yeah yeah and yeah. yeah but that's a great no that's i think that in this transfer window i'd agree is it was steve who was on uh your, your co-host there yeah steve yeah, yeah i yeah. think to be fair he needs he needs a couple of wide players in this transfer window because again it's his biggest problem is he's changed the formation and changed the system and he hasn't really got the players for it has he yeah, we tried playing Vogel Slammer on the left, didn't he? On 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 Sunday yesterday, and it didn't really work. He needs somebody for the right and the left, and uh, and I yeah, but Bradshaw's the curious one for me because I think you're completely right off Benicophobia. I'm 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 not sure he's going to do anything. I don't think he's fit. I, yeah, but I don't think he's been fit all season. And I can't see that changing. Uh, so do we need a proven striker? He said he wants to get a proven player in, but what does proven mean? Just means that he isn't looking for a kid, really, doesn't it? So I think the two or three players off having a real poke, and I don't want a midfield. I don't, I don't think we actually need one. Uh, do we need another defender? Debatable. I don't think we do, but... You, you were definitely somebody wide left, wide right, and maybe a centre forward. I did notice that they were looking at some player from Heronvan, weren't they, who I think Celtic have looked at in the past. 
Yeah, I think we're looking at a few. There's, there's allegedly there's a player which is Zion Fleming's mate who we're looking at as well potentially. Um, you know, a player for the Dutch league as well. So, yeah, there's a few. I mean, the Rotherham um, right wing allegedly. Um, there's a few players. I mean, there's there's a load of chat across Instagram and social media and now where allegedly there's a rumour going around that we're looking at a premiership player. But that could call in with what you said there, where he could be looking at a player who's potentially coming towards the end of his season but still got it. Um, and, you know, stepping down the league from the Prem could potentially work. But I just don't... I, I, I can't see us realistically getting a, a proven goal scorer from the Prem unless they were a, a youth player who probably is never going to get into the Brimson. Yeah, one player that we were looking at was Evan Ferguson <clears throat> from uh, Brighton and Ove Albion. He scored for Brighton. Right. I think he scored for Brighton yesterday or Boxing Day or something. But I'm told that Brighton are unlikely to want him to come to us because he won't be guaranteed minutes. They want to guarantee him minutes. So they might well, they might send him out to League One. I don't know if that's changed since he scored his first Premier League goal, but a superb talent like Troy Parrott, but about ten times better. Uh, so, so yeah, but they think he's going to be a huge, huge talent down in Brighton. He would be. Would you think yeah, he would be a good signing? But but will we guarantee him to be first choice? I don't know. What do you think of that name then, Stephen? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'll be instantly put off with the fact if the club wants us to guarantee any of their players any minutes. Uh, I think um, it, he might he might really be talented. And to be honest with you, he might have all the talent in the world and come in and 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 play the games because he might score some goals. But I, I think you know we we had the similar thing with Cresswell, um, who. Really, in in the main, in the first team, in the first eleven, I don't think Cresswell gets back in at all unless we get an injury or a suspension. So, Leeds are going to be potentially looking at calling him back. Oh, look, I don't. I agree. I agree with you, Mick. I don't think we're going to really be able to sign a, a proven goal scorer in January. Perhaps a, a young kid, or or maybe someone who's at the back end of their their career who can't who can't get into to their team at the moment. But I certainly wouldn't want to be looking for a player that we have to be giving minutes to because I think that that puts you in a bit of a risky position, especially with your own players because they're going to get the ump because there's no way for them to play if you have to play someone else. We've had that before, though. I mean, I remember, I remember when Neil was here that there was an Arsenal player we were looking to get, but it was the fact that Arsenal stipulated that he had to be in the first eleven every game, and Neil just went, "I'm not going to do that because he's going to put other players' noses out of joint." I think that's the fella that Middlesbrough bought. Is it Balogun? Yeah, Dan Ballard. Balogun. Was it Dan Ballard or was it? it was a, I thought it was a striker. I thought it was. I thought it was Balogun who who, who Middlesbrough. He was on forty grand a week, and um, he they wanted him to get guaranteed minutes. I think the way I don't think the wages would have been an issue because I think that Arsenal were prepared to pay. A fair chunk of it, but they wanted him to be playing every week. I think that's who that was. But again, I agree with you that I don't think that Premiership, you know, should be using us as a development squad for him. Um, the player comes to us if a player comes to us, 
that he comes to us with the manager being able to make all the decisions about when he's going to play him. But again, you know, it's like Neil touched on a little, you know, a little while ago is that unfortunately the world of football has changed and the Premiership um, do look at themselves as gods and, and they do look at, you know, because they allegedly fund the football triangle to a degree that they get to choose when you play their players and when you don't. Yeah, no, I absolutely, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. But most loan agreements now have actually got, you've actually got minutes and things like that written into them. So they have to be a first choice. Otherwise, they just won't loan him to you. Yeah. Uh, Creswell's an interesting one for me because I'm not sure they've got a recall clause or, you know, the Gary Rowett did actually swerve it when he was asked it a couple of months ago. Yeah, quite why just couldn't have said yes or no is beyond me. Allegedly, allegedly Norwich were looking at him, but I don't know if that's changed now that Dean Smith has been sacked and they're looking for another manager. But I, the other thing I think, but I absolutely agree with you. I think that I, yeah, I don't think Creswell gets in this side unless they play him up front or something like that. The the other thing to look at as well is is um, with loan players from the Premier League is I'm sure that Ellis Sims because we went in for Ellis Sims and there was a fee involved to get for, for Everton wanted a loan fee to be paid and uh, obviously Sunderland were willing to pay it. He wanted to go there, which is absolutely fine. That's the player's choice. But then you're also in the uh, in the sort of lap of the gods because Everton have then turned around and gone. We we haven't we're not scoring any goals. We're struggling. We've got a player out on loan who is scoring goals. We'll have him back. And then so Sunderland have potentially paid a loan fee. I don't know if they'll get any of that back. But now they've they've paid the fee and they don't have the striker till the end of the season because he's already gone back. So I think with when you're dealing with Premier League clubs and loans, I think a club like us have got to be really careful with with the finances how they are. And and you know we, we are on a bit of a um, we are on a bit of a budget that you can't be throwing money at players in the Premier League and guaranteeing them all kinds of things when to us that's a luxury. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Well, I absolutely agree with you. I think the only way they can get him back is, is if there's a loan recall clause in the contract. So I don't know how that works with a fee. You know, some fees they go from about hundred and fifty grand up to about half a million quid. But it's the first time that I've heard about a championship club paying a loan fee, and I can see why we wouldn't pay it. Yeah, well, I actually agree with you. I think it's uh, far too much of a gamble for us. Um, I don't think it's one that we would take unless it was nice. a, a, a unless it was an extraordinary circumstance. I think the other thing with it as well is if you look at, um, I'm not so I, I I don't know if it's how much it is, but the, the Everton definitely wanted a fee. If if it, for example, for argument's sake, if it was half a million, which obviously would be way out of our budget, but if 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 we were to pay half a million for say a youngster from Spurs, from Everton, from Brighton, whatever, and in their first game they get injured. <laughs> Yeah, again, you just you've basically just thrown money. You just thrown. I, I think if if you were to go out and buy a player and he's your player, fair enough. He, he would still be. It would obviously be a huge blow, but at least he would be your player. But you, you essentially could pay for someone and then lose him within a week. It, it's just not. 
it's that's not the way I think Mill will need to do business. And I think whilst Gary Rowett might want to be tapping into some of these markets, I think him and and Alex and and those around him uh, are not are not um, fooling it, foolish enough to use our budget in that sense. Yeah, no, I think they're quite switched on. I don't know if you can actually have a player insured. Uh, yeah, in that kind of situation, so you get some of that loan feedback. Well, I don't know if the or if the Premier League club would actually waive the loan fee uh, if he did suffer an, an injury, say in his first or second, third game, or something like that, and then and 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 then couldn't carry on. But but yeah, no, I just think it's just a great thing that Millwall are getting a lot smarter in the transfer market, aren't they? And we're not looking. Absolutely, agree. yeah. We're not looking at the at bargain basement anymore, are we? And everyone else is cast off with, to a certain extent. Yeah, we're actually looking at players who are in people's teams and uh, and not in the reserves. It's fantastic, and yeah, but I've got a feeling that there might be one or two shocks in this transfer window. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I was just looking about um, about Sims there, and uh, allegedly there was a, a recall clause in his contract, but allegedly it was all done very quick. All of a sudden, the club got a phone call and a car turned up to take him back. Um, but there is speculation that he might end up going back to Sunderland possibly later, if, later this season, potentially, if it doesn't work out for him. Um, getting places at Everton, so I suppose, or <laughs> or if Everton go and spend like thirty million pounds on a striker from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sims is a weird one because it was it wasn't that long ago where you know Sunderland were talking about possibly signing him permanently, and Everton were talking about possibly letting him sign permanently to them, and then all of a sudden, now that they're under pressure, um, and um. What's his name needs to start doing things. Um, Lampard. Yeah, Lampard. That's it. Needs to start doing stuff. But again, you know, I mean, they got a good result against Man City the other day, so that's probably gone in his favour to an degree. It's given him a bit of breathing space, isn't it? I think. I, I think it has. But I think one thing that I, I was looking at, if you look at the teams at the bottom of the Premier League, um, much like the Championship, it's like one point is separating each place at the moment, yeah. and. You know, there's about eight or nine teams that are in in danger. Um, I I personally think that there'll be a lot of clubs like like your Everton's, like your Bournemouths, your Forests, that are going to be looking at players like I think like Nzian Fleming, Guy Carez from Coventry, um, uh, Burton Diaz from from Blackburn. I think there'll be a lot of interesting players like that, and the clubs like us and obviously the other clubs can do what they like I don't really care but clubs like us that we have to hold our nerves we we have to hold our nerve in the transfer window we can't unless it's an obscene figure we, they're going to have to say they're going to have to sort of be strong with, with Fleming because I think there's going to be clubs that come in for him what would you sell off for Stephen? Um, I know what I'd sell him for I wouldn't sell him. Let me answer that a slightly different way. I wouldn't sell him for anything under fifteen. And and anything under fifteen. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell him in in the current market with the way that some of these players are going. And obviously, with that piece what you did, Stephen, between um, obviously Fleming and Anthony, 
where, you know, the stats are more in um, Fleming's favour than Anthony. And, and Anthony was going for 85 minutes purely because he was in a, a better shot window. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell him really for anything less than 20, 25 million, I think. I think he's it's worth that to a premiership club because of he'd hit the ground running. And I just I personally think that is it's not over the top money. It's very it, it, in the premiership today, that's very realistic money. I mean, what's what figure you got? Neil? Thirty million. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 they would have to pay a premium if they wanted him in this transfer window offers because because when you look at it, yeah, yeah. But unless we get an obscene amount of money for him, people are going to accuse us of having no ambition. Yeah, absolutely. Club yeah. Being, um, we're so well placed at the minute that it's a difference between potentially. Yeah, I don't know what the Premier League's worth now. Is it worth about hundred and fifty million pound a year or something ridiculous like that? Some of them maybe maybe over that. Yeah. So, so do you gamble and keep hold of him? If somebody comes in with thirty million pound, I think you've got to seriously look at it. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but fifteen million, you can almost think, well, we'll get fifteen million pound for him next summer. I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not saying that I was. Yeah, no, fifteen. Yeah, no, million, but I wouldn't entertain offers. I wouldn't entertain offers under that. But I think if, for example, if you've got a situation where someone offers three, uh, this is just off the top of my head, that Everton offered eighteen million quid, Ellis Sims. And an add-on that would take the transfer fee up to sort of 25, 30 million. I think something like that is an offer that we, you know, that they might want to look at. But I do agree. I think that in this transfer window, that there is a there is a premium tax that would be put on top of a transfer fee. And I also think one thing that we really have to take into consideration is if, and we've led to believe there is a um, sell-on fee, uh, sell-on clause for Fortuna Sittard, that if that is true and it is as high as what it, it possibly is, is it, you know, we think it is, then the club need to be looking at, they have to be looking at over 25 million because we're going to lose such a big chunk of it to to to, to Sittard. Um, that, that's where the, the complications might be in terms of agreeing a fee because club Premier League clubs would wouldn't want to pay it too much, but Mill will have to keep in mind that not all of the money is going to be going to their back pocket. You haven't seen the sell on clause, how much have you heard it is? Uh I mean there's there's whispers that it's around about fifteen to twenty percent. Yeah, but I think that it's usually around about that, isn't it? I think if you've got a sell on fee But you... a lot of a lot of clubs in the because I, I, I looked into this a lot of clubs when prem because it's it tends to be things that's done in european football rather than um english football and a lot of the clubs in sort of the bigger teams in say in in, in spain italy they it's usually around 10 percent. but i think in the case of fortuna sitar i think because they are a smaller club in the league that they're in and they probably knew that they had a talented a talented footballer i think they would have pushed it as high as they could yeah no i yeah, no, well, I absolutely agree. I think that, yeah, but I think that 18 million pack, 15 to 18, 15 to 20, we'll get that for him next summer. Yeah, so, yeah, I would have thought that, yeah, if there is a sell on clause, Millwall would want to, 
your mill will have a sacred mind that they want to clear. And yeah, and and uh, and to be fair, twenty five to thirty would would cover that. Yeah, really, twenty five to thirty, I think, would cover that with the sell on with enough to be able to go out and buy a replacement, and then have a lot of money sitting in the bank for building a new training ground or you know getting some more players in. Um, I think that's where it would would come to. Yeah, but for well, Gen is they have to have yeah. a replacement in mind. Yeah, it's no good. Absolutely. Yeah, it's no good to yeah, just actually letting him go and your replacements are George Evans and Ryan Leonard. Yeah. Or our old mate, the old fucking, what's his name? Oh, Christ, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Leonard. No, not Ryan Leonard. Wood. Who, was, who was the one we would? Woods, that's it. Ryan Woods, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, this is Jeds. Thank you very much. Um, Nine o'clock. We've been on an hour. We're done. Uh, Neil, thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, no problem, mate. Um, I really, really Neil's enjoyed part it. of Neil does a show with Acton Mill. If you've not listened, something for the weekend. Um, you can find it on all good podcast providers. Um, and he used to be with us many years ago. And you can check through some of our old shows where he interviewed a, a lot of the players. Oh, bear with me. Let me just. We can't. We can't have this without having Tomo in before we go. Go on, Tomo. You were at the bottom of my list, I think, mate. I didn't see you there. Go on, Tomo. How you doing, fella? You need to unmute yourself, mate. Tomo, unmute yourself. If you're on the computer, Tomo, you've got an ego. Go on, Tomo. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello, mate. You're Can you hear me? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I didn't see you there, fella. I didn't see you there until just now. Go on, fella. No, it's all right. I'll be honest. I think... I think we'll get a lot more from them. Literally. I think It'll be interesting to see. I mean, if he scores 20 goals plus this season, then yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the way the market is at the moment, and um, I'm looking at it. I think, I think you've got to take into consideration that you're also dealing with the Millwall board. And I think it, once sort of big money starts to be offered, I think there's going to be a few people that are going to start shaking in the board and, and start panicking. <laughs> and, 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 you know... You'll have the phone call come in or wherever it works. And if ever takes that phone call, it's just going to be a nervous wreck having to relay how much money's been offered. So I think you have to take that into consideration. And I'm, I'm hoping as we... I think Neil said it and I'd said it earlier that, that the board and the, the, the scouts and the, and the, the network seem to have all improved. Everything seems to be going in the right direction. And I just hope that the board see that and don't just jump at the first big opportunity that, that comes in to, to take a transfer fee. They have to be Definitely. sensible and, and approach it the right way. Exactly. exactly. I don't want him to leave. I've, I've loved him because he's... It's a breath of fresh air. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Tomo, thanks, brother. You have the last word. Um, we are now going to be um, finishing up, mate. That is it. Um, we are all done for this episode. Um, thanks to Tomo. We've got the episode uh, titled. I think it's going to be 50 million for Fleming. Um, 
I think that that will get people fucking tuning in and having a listen to see what it is. Again, thanks for Neil for joining us. Thanks again to my co-host, um, Stephen. Thank you very much, Mickey. And hopefully uh, next time we speak, we'll be into the fourth round of the FA Cup. There we go. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Um, I would like to just say, those of you who possibly haven't seen it, um, the club put something out uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the other day. Uh, if you have probably within the last year, maybe a little bit more, um, made a purchase for a memorial stone um, or a memorial plaque at the ground, um, it's looking like the company what was in charge of providing those and taking your money um, is having a bit of trouble and seems to be ignoring Millwall and ignoring a lot of the fans, um, which is shocking behaviour to, to a degree. The club are looking at it in a legal route and, and addressing um, what they're doing. Um, I reached out to Kieran from the Price of Football the other day to see what he can find out for it. And um, and uh, the financial investigator we had during AMS battle days um, reached out over the weekend and said that he'll have a nose into them and see what's what. So, you know, worst case scenario, we might get some addresses to people. So if people do need to, you know, start any legal action against people, then you might have a better route of doing it. But the club, because of GDPR rules, et cetera, et cetera, don't have um, a lot of the people's details. So if you've missed the communication from them, the club has asked that people get in touch with them uh, and give them, obviously, their names and what they've purchased and everything else. But remember, you have got the route of going down. Uh, if you pay through by credit card, go back to your bank or, or debit card, go back to your bank. And potentially there is that route as well. Again, I'm not offering any legal advice. I've got no idea how you get your money back, but I think it's um, a very, very sad state of affairs. But anyway, that's been that Mill podcast, your live space show. Um, we've had a good Christmas period. We've got seven points out of it, and uh, and we've got three clean sheets. And also going into now the second half of the season's looking great. The West Ham and Everton are both in the relegation uh, area of the Premiership, and fingers crossed they will be joining the Championship next season. We can only wish Karma Stephen. Well, well, I mean, we might want them to stay up if we stay up, but. But yeah, if we stay on, then yeah, we want them. But yeah, no, let's... away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So, let's concentrate on us. Hopefully um, hopefully, we'll be in the Premier Premier League and we'll, we'll take on all comers. And if not, then West Ham at the Den in the Championship sounds good to me. That's it.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.